Welcome to the Illuminate Podcast, where we let light shine out of darkness. With your host, Jeff Stewart, licensed marriage and family therapist. Welcome to the Illuminate Podcast. I'm Jeff Stewart, your host, and it's good to be with all of you once again. And I'm going to do an episode right now talking about some of the challenges that are coming up just globally with this coronavirus, COVID-19 situation, where so much has happened in the past few days where things have been getting canceled and there's been a lot of uh, social distancing and all kinds of things going on, school closures, and our lives have just been uh, flipped upside down. And there's just a lot of questions, a lot of uncertainty. And particularly for, you know, for those of you who might be struggling with addictions or trauma, these kinds of situations are really prime time for going back into unhealthy coping behaviors. And I really want to spend an episode here talking about how to best get your emotional balance back, how to get your physical balance back, how to really get your feet back under you and carry on with whatever program you were working before so that you can stay healthy for yourself and for those around you. And I've brought in today one of my favorite therapists and friends, Amy Clough. She's a licensed clinical social worker, and I've worked with Amy for more than 10 years um, in the same office. And we talk a lot about these things together, and I really wanted you guys to hear from both of us today um, about what are some of the best ways we can get our bearings in all of this. And especially when you're feeling vulnerable with a lot of the emotions that come up with this. This is just a really important time to get some clarity, get some structure. And so we're going to do that for you today. Amy, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me. So first of all, I just want to talk about, um, you know, why this is in particular so challenging for people with addictions and trauma. And the real root of this is powerlessness. Right. Right. This sense Mm -hmm. of we don't really know what the truth is. We don't know really how bad it is. How is it going to affect me? The uncertainty of how long is this going to last? What's the future going to look like? There are just so many unanswered questions. And the second that we get thrown into powerlessness, that's really what the the kind of the foundation of trauma is. Totally. Right. Yeah. Whether we're looking at um, disruption of a marriage with, with addiction or betrayal or looking at, uh, a public health crisis, those those markers of feeling overwhelmed and not knowing the parameters exactly of what you're dealing with or how to deal with it are common characteristics between both situations. And, and if you're already dealing with pain in your marriage and in your family, this situation might feel even bigger or even more difficult to deal with. Right, exactly. As if, you know, people that are already dealing with tremendous amounts of uncertainty aren't going to struggle with all of a sudden having this world crisis of uncertainty thrust on them. It's a lot to manage. Mm -hmm. It's a lot for anyone. Yes. But especially if you feel like you're already um, kind of just hanging in there to begin with. Right. Yeah. Right. It reminds me of, um, in terms of trying to just organize this a little bit and get some perspective, it reminds me of something I had read years ago that Um, Parley P. Pratt, who was one of the early uh, leaders of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and was also one of the first to arrive in the Salt Lake Valley when the pioneers were settling. 
he said that, you know, when they got there, there was so much uncertainty. They had never been through a winter in this new area. Um, they showed up and had to start planting and figure out how to feed themselves. And, and he wrote in his journal, he said, um, that the people tried eating crows, thistle tops, bark roots, sago lily bulbs, anything that might offer nutriment or fill their empty stomachs. But he said what they suffered most for most from wasn't hunger as much as it was fear from hunger. Mm. He said the valley was new. They it wasn't proven that they couldn't that they could even raise grain. And so really the the, the idea that not knowing when or if some affliction will end is often more taxing than the affliction itself. And so a lot of what people are suffering from right now is just so much fear and uncertainty. And it's not to say people aren't directly affected by this illness and have sick family members or, or soon will have that. But for more people, there's going to be a lot of that fear and uncertainty. We want to help you today find some ways to get your bearings, even if you are personally directly affected by this in a physical right. way. right. There's still emotions we have to figure out how to manage. Right. It's a very big adjustment. Yes, all the way around. So in the meantime, um, you may feel like there's nothing you can do. You may feel powerless, like you're just waiting for this horrible thing to come. But we want to tell you there are things you can do, and we'll get to that. But Amy, you've, uh, you uh, do a lot of work with children in play therapy, and you shared with me uh, recently a model that you use to help children when they're dysregulated, when they're really overwhelmed. Can you tell us about that? Sure. So this model really came to mind as we as adults have been dealing with this overwhelming experience. And when we're working with kids who are overwhelmed, we have this simple model that um, we call the three R's. And I think maybe it can help guide us to in figuring out how to adjust to these overwhelming circumstances. So the three R's, um, are regulate, relate, and resolve. So, Jeff, would you like me to go into what what each of those are? Yeah, right let's now? let's just, just jump into bit. that and, and maybe okay. structure the discussion around these three R's, okay. and we'll just kind mm -hmm. of fill it in. But mm -hmm. this is going to be the the model we're going to introduce you today in terms of how you can organize your response mm -hmm. to this situation. Mm -hmm. And I think it'll be very helpful for our listeners. Great. So when we talk about regulation, we're talking about being able to uh, calm ourselves and being able to gain some um, sense of organization of our mind and our body and our spirit. And when we miss that, and we often do as humans when we're overwhelmed, when we're afraid, we often um, jump to trying to resolve and problem solve on um, looking at, okay, what are the circumstances that I have to change or what do I have to do to solve this? And in some situations, when we're not calm enough, we'll just begin to ruminate and become overwhelmed and panicked. So regulation is about learning to calm yourself and help calm your family members so that you're then better at being able to resolve a problem or address a problem. Right. And I think a great example of that is the big toilet paper scare of 2020. Yes. Where you look at all these videos of people running through Costco with shopping carts full of toilet paper and water. And the thing you everybody wants to say to them is calm down. Right. Right. Is right. that really the best solution? Do we right. really need that to be our first intervention? Right. 
mm-hmm. it was coming from this place of so many dysregulated people. They right. were not regulating to think, exactly. what's the best way to handle this? Exactly. And in, in one person's dysregulation kind of can set a domino effect of the others around them being dysregulated also. So coming back to spending some time and really, really focusing on asking yourself, what can I do to feel more regulated? And what can I do for my family and my kids to help co-regulate them? Right. So some of the regulation things, you said, you know, body, mind, spirit. Let's talk about some Mm -hmm. specifics on what regulation can look like. Okay. So um, when, when we're dealing with with any kind of trial or trauma, one of the one of the biggest healing factors that help us get through it is if we can find support so we don't feel as alone, if we can find a sense of control where possible so we don't feel as powerless, right? And if later on, if we can make meaning from it. And thankfully, um, having a relationship with Father in heaven and having a relationship with Jesus Christ is a really can begin there and start answering some of those basic needs where we can reach out and have the spirit with us so we don't feel so alone, where we can feel like we'll be prompted to know where, where and how we can act for ourselves and our family. And ultimately approaching something like this from a spiritual Um, point of view allows us to ask questions like, what am I supposed to learn through this? And how am I supposed to grow from this? What will my experience be? When we can give something purpose and when we feel like we have a sense of um, reason that we're going through it, that is very, very regulating on a spiritual level. We, we We can feel much more reassured that we'll find our way through it if we have that bigger sense. So lean into your spirituality at this yeah, time. I love yeah. that. I love that because when you're facing something, again, the tendency is to go head down and start trying to problem solve exactly. and gather yeah. supplies or figure out these. Uh-huh. But when you can really zoom out and connect on a higher level mm-hmm. to really answer that question, am I going to be okay? Is everything going to be okay? Like we yeah. can get answers about that right? from Heavenly Father. We can get answers and reassurance spiritually that this is going to be for our good. There'll be purpose in it, growth that right. will be okay. Mm-hmm. And that will actually regulate our bodies exactly, and slow our hearts down, slow yeah. our breathing down. We'll start to feel better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On, on a mind level or a body level, we want to look at, at finding ways that we can hang on to what's familiar. Um, mm-hmm. We've had a huge amount of adjustment and news within a very short amount of time about how our lives will be altered. And that's very disorienting. That's very dysregulating to suddenly have your routine and... Um, those commonalities between us like work and school and church suddenly disrupted. So part of regulation is saying, okay, what what do I know and what can I hang on to? Um, what what can I start building back into my routine that feels comforting and familiar? Um, do that for yourself and do it for your kids and, and for your family as a whole. Um, 
you'll find comfort in building routine again. Mm-hmm. And also being mindful of what you allow into your life at, at this time, being able to regulate um, the amount of information incoming to yourself and your family from the media, I think is really uh, important. And right there's now. so much coming mm-hmm. at us. You could just be inundated with it. Yeah. And it could be very disruptive. Mm-hmm. Um, it can take a, a person straight from feeling peace and feeling a sense of calm right back into that obsessing and the, the fear and that sense of loss of control mm-hmm. of the future. So mindfully, mindfully consume media at this point and encourage your kids, your whole family to do the same. Your house really can be a sanctuary right now if you have boundaries in place of um, what media you're consuming and even setting time limits, like maybe telling yourself, for example, I'll check the, the local news once a day and I'll check the CDC website once a day. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing that you had mentioned to me earlier when we were talking about this is that there's, because there's so much global stuff going on, there's a tendency to want to f- obsess about what's happening in Italy or right. in Seattle or other places where you may not live. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, is that this isn't like the zombie apocalypse, like they're coming towards your home. Right. I mean, we can really get afraid that this big unknown thing is coming to get us and mm-hmm. we can obsess watching and reading and thinking about things that really aren't going to impact us in that way. Right. And I loved what you said. You said, you know, I think it's important to just start with your local news, start with local alerts, mm-hmm. find out what's happening in your area. And right now, if there's not community spread going on in your area, if there's not things going on that, you know, then just follow the guidelines for your local Exactly. Uh, your local area, mm-hmm. and that will help you keep a more balanced perspective. And that's that's regulating. That's absolutely that's you controlling the flow of what you allow to affect you and your family. Absolutely, I love that. Yeah. So regulating spiritually, regulating mentally, right? Trying to keep mm-hmm. routines, regulating with information, um, also regulating our bodies through right. breathing, right? Just slowing down, right? This is definitely a time to to practice um, things such as mindfulness and practicing quiet in your body. Um, There are so many resources on the internet. So if you're going to be on the internet, maybe start Mm -hmm. (laughs) looking at podcasts or, or researching ways to calm your body through things such as meditation and deep breathing and um, progressive relaxation, Mm -hmm. Um, practicing things that will, put you in a calmer state and even just exercising, go outside, get some sunshine, get some vitamin D, um, get some perspective from nature in a quiet way. It'll outside can really soothe us. And then when you're regulated through those things, you'll be much, much better at being able to support your family and truly come at better resolution. Anyway, you'll be able to resolve and problem solve much better if you if you're coming from a calmer state. So don't pass over that. It really is important to make time for yourself um, for that those that self care and attending to your physical needs to calm that anxiety down. 
Yeah, and so really pay attention to your body. And when you're slowing down enough, you can tell how regulated you are. Mm -hmm. Are you constantly obsessing or spinning or afraid? And is your heart racing? Do you feel anxious like you can't settle down or I can't afford uh, to rest? I can't take time alone. Right. And the truth is, is that, like you said so many times, um, we have to be able to regulate so that we can think clearly about what to do next. Because decisions have to be made. Right. We do have to solve problems. We do have to figure out what to do in response to all these changes. But we need to do it from a place where we can actually think clearly and feel our bodies and and stay healthy. Yeah, and, this process. Cuz this, you know, we don't know how long it's going to last, yeah. and so we don't want to compromise yeah. our immune systems. And and just to just to touch bases on the on the audience here, I know a lot of people who listen to your Illuminate podcast are those families and relationships that have been affected by pornography or sexual acting out. And mm-hmm. and you might notice that the things we're saying here to calm yourself in this um, trial or in you know, in this these current circumstances are the very things that you want to address when you're thrown into crisis um, in your marriage. Mm-hmm. And Again, that tendency to want to ruminate or obsess um, about your fears or about the future, that's very real. I'm not judging it. It's part of what we do to to try and feel better. But um, true answers come when we can build this skill base of learning to take care of ourselves and um, learning to quiet ourselves so that we can figure out what our boundaries need to be and what problems do need to be solved. Right, absolutely. And so this is as good a time as any to really jump in and try some of these things. Yeah. And setting good boundaries around, you know, sleeping and making sure you're moving your body. Right. And just taking good care of yourself. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Anything else on regulate? Uh, nope, not that comes to mind. Okay. Uh, let's move on to the next R, which is relate. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. Okay. So... So when we think of relating, of course, it's easy to think of that in the sense of how we can relate to someone else or be there for someone else. And in a state of crisis, that's actually a very, very soothing thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I, I, in fact, I love how the church has that really ingrained that when we can offer service, um, when we can attend to others, we we tend to be blessed and to feel soothed ourselves. Again, I'm not saying without boundaries or to overwhelm yourself. Right. But um, being able to relate and connect is extremely important. Um, and so part of this is talking about how you can relate with others who are scared right now or in your similar situation. But part of this is also taking the time to relate with yourself. Um, it's something our society isn't very um, versed in. We we don't learn it um, at a young age to, to really give ourselves a sense of compassion and empathy. But it's extremely comforting and soothing when you can. So what I'd like you to imagine is maybe your child coming to you um, really distressed and they're, they're upset and they want you to relate with them. They want you to, to be there and to comfort them and recognize their emotional state. And when we do, that child will begin to calm down, right? 
that child will begin to feel understood. And then we move on to helping that child problem solve, right? Um, The same can go true towards yourself if you take the time to acknowledge and empathize with your own emotional experience you will calm down. You will feel more regulated if you acknowledge the feelings that are there and the pain that you're going through. Sometimes I think we're afraid when we're in kind of that problem-solving, fear-based mode. We're afraid we'll sink if we if we acknowledge or tune into our fear. Mm-hmm. We're, we're afraid we're going to drown in it, but that's not true. We can acknowledge our pain, and it will actually soothe it. Yeah. So regulating yourself might sound something like admitting to yourself that you're scared right now, admitting to yourself that, um, that this is challenging and disorienting, um, maybe acknowledging to yourself that it's scary to be the adult, it's scary to be the parent or the spouse right now. Um, you might be dealing with extra fears of, what might happen to my spouse if they're in pain right now? And just acknowledging that you have those fears, you have that pain, you have that anxiety, and that it matters and that you matter. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. I, even I was thinking of another one too that I've even felt, which is that self-compassion of, is it okay for me to take a re- to, to respond to this or am I being overreactive? Right. Right? Yes. Am I being apocalyptic or am I really being responsible? Yeah. And hearing all these con- contrasting voices where some people are saying, this is no big deal, where right. other people are like, this is the biggest deal ever, mm-hmm. trying to find my place on that continuum. And acknowledging to yourself, that is hard. Yeah, it's, it's hard to know how I really feel and quiet uh-huh. that down. And so this yeah. is... I feel disoriented. I feel... Like I'm faced with a big mm-hmm. challenge right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so if if the first R, which is regulated, is really about calming our bodies, our minds, our spirits, and just kind of getting centered, this idea of relating is really kind of more psychologically uh, get almost the relationship with ourselves and, mm-hmm. and the, the voice that we speak to ourselves with, being able to say, you know, how do I see myself? How do I, uh, you know, talk to myself? How do I... Uh, relate mm-hmm. to myself under these circumstances? Am I going to be kind to myself and compassionate and allow myself to have a little bit of room to not feel great or have the answers or be right, scared? Right. Or am I just going to block all that out and just basically say, whatever, we just got to figure this out or who cares? Mm-hmm. We really want to make space for how we're talking to ourselves and how we're seeing ourselves because that will direct a lot of what we do. It really will. And if you can do that as as uh, the parent or the spouse at home, you will be amazed at the effect it can have on your family too. Um, you'll then be able to connect better with your spouse right. and with your children, and you'll be able to acknowledge the fears that you have and better acknowledge the fears they might have. Um, if you listen to yourself, you're also going to be more effective at, at listening to others within your family system also. Right. And from a from an addiction, as a side note here, as it, from an addiction recovery and trauma recovery standpoint, so much of the suffering and so much of the, the problematic behaviors that come out are coming from this mismanagement of this internal world right. of, of not understanding what you're thinking or feeling or how you're even talking to yourself and your ability to open up about your fears. I'm afraid of getting sick. I'm afraid of not having enough money. I'm afraid that I'm not prepared enough. 
I'm afraid that I'm going to make the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and then listening to others, talking, inviting, sharing, um, even just acknowledging that I, I'm, I'm overwhelmed or I'm underwhelmed. I feel mm-hmm. bored. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing's happening. Why are we all freaking out? You right. know, all these emotions are fine. And being able to talk about them and manage them and understand them and share them and relate to yourself and to others with them will be very grounding and keep you centered so you don't spin out into wanting to numb or check out or deny. Or preoccupy. Or preoccupy or obsess, right? Either direction. It'll help you find your center a lot better. Mm -hmm. So let's move on to anything else on Relate? Uh. Nope, I think that's okay. I think that's it. Just remember to connect with yourself and with others. Right. And mm-hmm. uh, oh, one thing I wanted to say on that that I, I had read this morning from a fellow therapist. He said, "Can we just rename social distancing to physical distancing?" I like that. He says, "We don't want to socially distance ourselves. We need to relate to each other. We need to connect to each other. We need to talk and open up and hold each other's hearts and just really be there for each other." And so, yes, physical distancing is more of a physical illness thing. Social distancing will wipe us out a lot faster than a virus will. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great point. So I love that reframe, and I think that's important. So, okay, so now we're going to talk about resolving, which you said earlier is naturally the first thing we want to do. Right. So if you've made it to this point, (laughs) listeners, good for you, because you may be thinking this whole time, why are we talking about regulation, relating, all this other Jibber jabber. I just need to resolve. We've got problems to solve. There's things going on. Borders are being closed. We've got to make some decisions, right? Grocery stores are running out of food. No. All that other stuff is important to slow down. So to think clearly, get centered, get connected. And now we can talk about resolution and what to do. So Amy. Right. Okay. So resolving is time to problem solve. And, um, Again, I think a good place to this is remember your spirituality. Mm-hmm. I'm so grateful um, that we can have that, that we have that knowledge and we have the ability to um, tune into our spirituality and ask for guidance and for revelation on how to problem, spo- problem solve specifically for ourselves and our family's needs, mm-hmm. right? And that what my family might need could look different than another families, and we have that spiritual guidance to help us know um, how to do that. Um, touching back on on Parley P. Pratt's uh, journal entry about about fear and about preparation, um, all of us, whether we have pioneer ancestors or any ancestor, we really come from a long line of problem solvers. Yeah, right? so that's, true. That's why our minds will often go there. Where America is full of immigrants, mm-hmm. um, generations back, we we are hardy people, and um, we know instinctively that we can get through a crisis. Mm-hmm. And it's good tap into that, find strength in that, knowing like, hey, all these generations before you, they tackled hard things too, and that's in your genes, it's in your blood, and you'll be able to do that also. Right. So the question isn't about whether you'll be able to solve this or not. We can just know you will. You will. You will. Mm-hmm. Nobody's we just going to lay down and give up. Right. It's it's not like us. Right. And the question of, well, how am I going to resolve it? Just like you said, seek spiritual answers, 
keep talking to other people, slow down, pay attention to what's coming up for you, and the answers will start to become clear. Consume wisely. And consume information (laughs) wisely. Absolutely. Uh Yeah, absolutely. Anything else on resolve? Just just looking over um, some of the the points we have here, um, I think some of these basics of of you know looking at maybe what um, the CDC offers as yeah. far as um, basic safety needs, it's important to look at that. Um, things like hand washing, hand washing, and physical distancing, and um, knowing how to keep your your environment clean is important and taking comfort that a lot of environments right now um social environments such as restaurants or stores and so forth it seems like most people are on board and working to yeah. um follow these guidelines and take comfort in that knowing that when you go when you go out you're taking steps to keep yourself um safe and likely the environment is working at that too, whether it be a store yeah. or a restaurant. Yeah. I, I mm-hmm. find it very comforting to know whether you agree with some of the decisions that policymakers and government leaders and community and business leaders have made around closing things or delaying things or whatever. We can know that people are actively trying to resolve. Right. And they have just as much right in their stewardships as we do in ours to figure out what's going to be the best solution. And that helps us manage our powerlessness. That helps us manage our sense that there's nothing we can do. Like you said, even something as simple as washing your hands and knowing that you're doing your part to protect the vulnerable and yourself gives you a sense of, of efficacy, gives you a sense of power, gives you a sense of like, I can do something about this. I'm not just powerless. All the way to, I'm gonna make some bigger boundaries around my home or around my activities or my schedule. Right. You know, I'm gonna cancel this vacation. I'm gonna cancel this business trip. I'm gonna cancel this thing. And that's kind of my way of making a decision, right or wrong. It's gonna leave you feeling like you're at least taking care of something. Taking action on mm-hmm. something. And that helps us psychologically. It really does. It really does. We like the feeling of being able to take action. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of, you know, and so even just the small things that you're doing, I'm going to be mindful right now. I'm going to breathe. I'm going to slow down. I'm going to have some alone time or I'm going to have some connection time. I'm going to work out a schedule for my kids during the day and we're going to figure out how much screen time we're going to have, or I'm going to limit media. All these decisions are, they build on the other things we've been talking about. And those decisions will be so good for your mental health mm-hmm. to not feel like you're just at the mercy of whatever else is going out there. Right. Like really ask yourself, what is my circle of control mm-hmm. right now? And put your energy there into problem solving what you can do for yourself and your family. Um, the rest can can honestly wear you down. It will become distracting and overwhelming um, if you consume too much media about this. Yeah. So really focus on what what do I need and what does my family need? And you'll feel better because that's where your, your true control lies. Right. And so anything else on Resolve? Nope. So I'd like to talk about, um, by the way, that three, those three R's, that is really simple mm-hmm. and very organized. And I, I understand why you teach this to children because mm-hmm. you can remember it. Yes. Right. I'm going to regulate, I'm going to relate, and I'm going to resolve. Right. And, and that can help 
all of us because our brains need something simple right now. Yes. Right? Yes. There are so many new terms coming out and we're all feeling like we have to be experts on contagious diseases now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the truth is, is that we need something really simple. So right. you can trust this. I promise you will, you'll notice a difference in your bodies, your spirits, your relationships, your minds. And that's what we need right now is just to all settle into this forever, how long it goes. And it does, it's okay. And, and just mm-hmm. like you said, people that are dealing with family problems that involve addiction recovery or trauma, there's no expiration date on those things. Right. We don't know when those things are going to feel better. Right. And so these are very, uh, these are very great skills to practice um, in those conditions as well as this. Right. Yes, exactly. Just, just practicing that sense of where you can make a difference mm-hmm. and acknowledging, you know, back to that relating, acknowledging to yourself the pain and the discomfort of uncertainty. Yeah. Um, and balancing that out that, yes, problem solve where you can and give yourself comfort in those areas that feel very uncertain right now. Yeah. And I, I tell the a lot of the men I work with and women that are dealing with trauma, but a lot of the men I work with addiction, you know, when they when they first come out of hiding with this or they get caught and it just opens up all this uncertainty for them. And the tendency having an addiction, of course, is to want certainty. Mm-hmm. So you you go into control, you want a certain outcome, which is, you know, what addiction promises. You're going right. to feel a certain way. If you do this, you'll feel this way. And right now, this is going to be a lot of uncertainty. And so practicing mm-hmm. sitting with, I can't control the outcome. I don't know how I'm going to feel. I don't know what's going to happen. This is excellent addiction recovery practice. It's excellent trauma recovery mm-hmm. practice, yep. which is just practicing sitting with discomfort. And that's why breathing, connecting to others, naming things, praying, seeking mm-hmm. spiritual support, these things all help you stay kind of in the saddle, if you will, and not bounce out. Right. We want people just to, to recognize it will come and go like a wave. It will rise and fall and we're all going to be okay. Right. We're all going to be okay. Can we talk about some special considerations just to wrap up here? Um, so one of the ones I'm thinking of is especially from an addiction recovery, betrayal, trauma framework, there's a lot of couples that might be dealing with in-home separations or a lot of tension between them. Right. And maybe even sometimes uh, other other marital uncertainty or needing boundaries and space. And all of a sudden we're being asked to like hunker down and spend more time together. Come together, yeah. And this can be really unsettling for people that are, you know, dealing with some of that uncertainty in their own relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, what thoughts do you have, Amy, about, let's just talk about it from the vantage point of a, of a betrayed woman mm-hmm. who is dealing with trying to protect herself emotionally uh, from, you know, maybe emotional abuse or from even physical fears mm-hmm. or other kinds of things she's trying to navigate. What does she do in a situation like this where maybe she's all of a sudden having way more time uh, around her husband mm-hmm. um, or other people when she's been so used to maybe having more space right. or control? Great question. The first thing that comes to mind is acknowledge the complexity of this. Um, in, in many relationships we work with as therapists, we see that, um, for the betrayed spouse, um, their, their husband is the source of, um, unfortunately the, the source of some pain and trauma and also 
um, in some ways, the source of protection and comfort. And then when you throw in, um, you know, a community crisis like this, you're going to feel this competing need inside Mm -hmm. of you. Do I come closer or do I still want my space, right? So acknowledging to yourself it's complicated and maybe taking some time to journal um, ways to, to reach those complex needs. You may very well need, and I encourage you if you are in an in-home separation, to acknowledge it's there. those boundaries are there for a reason. Yeah. And to stick with them mm-hmm. um, as long as you need to until the conditions change. And that the emotional stress you feel doesn't mean a change in boundaries. It means a change in Mm self-care. And it means a change maybe in connecting um, to to soothe yourself through that pain. Um, And you may need to be brave and ask yourself, what additional boundaries do I need in order to feel safe? Right? Right. Um, if you're in the home together and you're feeling like there's more contact than you're used to, that's a great question to ask yourself. What would I need in order to feel safe? Uh, what do I need in order to feel calm in the as calm as I can be in these circumstances and see what comes to mind? Yeah. Yeah. And don't forget that even though we're, you know, obviously right now being asked to um, have some more physical distancing from, you know, you know, the community, if you will. It doesn't mean you can't go outside and get some sunlight. Right. It doesn't mean you you have to just be in each other's zone all the time at right. home. Exactly. Um, so there's lots of self care you can do if you need that distance or space and ask for it. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And expect it. Recognize that we all have to make adjustments, mm-hmm. and it's okay to ask for that and not just feel like you have to take one for the team. Right. And mm-hmm. and put yourself at risk or just all of it at your expense. Mm-hmm. Just some some concrete examples that come to mind would be um, making an agreement that you each have some time just where one of you will leave the home yeah. um, for a few hours to give the other some space. Um, having clear boundaries on media use and screen time. Mm-hmm. Um, just seeing a screen can be extremely triggering for a betrayed spouse. Yes. And now's the time to set those extra boundaries and expectations of how much exposure you want to that. And and that it's okay to let your spouse know you're not comfortable um, spending time around around them with with their face in a screen. That right. doesn't feel good. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and because, because the circumstances are changing, you're going to have to make some modifications to things that maybe you didn't have to set boundaries around before. Right. Right, mm-hmm. because yep. maybe you didn't have you know, let's say a husband home for eight more hours a day working from home or mm-hmm. a wife having to like juggle now work and childcare and all these other things. Like you're going to have to get really mm-hmm. creative and speak up about these boundaries mm-hmm. and figure out what you need. Um, for a husband in recovery, something that, that might be really important is, you know, here we've talked about the importance for all of us to acknowledge our vulnerability. And for men, that that can feel extra challenging. Men don't often have the safety net of, of vulnerable, emotionally based friends that, that women do. Like men don't, men tend to 
um, if they're going to open up, they're more likely to open up towards their spouse or maybe their group. Given that your spouse might not be in a place right now because of the betrayal to help hold your vulnerability as a guy, it would be really important to lean into your other resources. Yes. Um, Your group members, your sponsor, church, you know, church leaders, um, friends, um, to be able to take your vulnerability somewhere too and not bury it if your spouse is in a position where she can't um, be that co-regulator with you right now. Right, and always as a foundation, prayer, journaling, Yeah. right, just spending time really getting clear on what you're feeling and what you need and then obviously uh, asking for support. Mm-hmm. And one thing I'll add too is, you know, for a lot of guys, um, you'll find yourself with a lot more discretionary time now because so much has been canceled. And so um, recognize that you're going to have to develop new rituals because there could be a tendency to want to just numb out on a screen or just bury yourself in entertainment because you can't think of anything to do. And I would encourage you to really set aside some time and formally require yourself to come up with activities, both alone and shared activities with other people, including your kids and your spouse, if she feels comfortable with that. Um, And really take the lead on that and be proactive and create community, create connection, create movement instead of just passively absorbing all this stuff, which leaves people feeling more tired more anxious, more dysregulated, mm-hmm. and more directionless. Mm-hmm. And and it's really, really bad for addiction recovery. It really is. You've <laughs> got to have a routine. You've got to have some things that are anchoring and grounding. And I'm all for a great TV show or a movie or in some entertainment. Um, a lot of people are just going to find themselves defaulting to that. And that's going to be really bad for your brain and your recovery mm-hmm. and your emotions. And so I definitely want to put a plug in for movement and uh, just being proactive about mm-hmm. that. Yep. Um, one other special consideration uh, before we wrap up here, Amy, is uh, just talking to children about this. Can you just say a word about helping parents just know what they can do to uh, help their kids make sense of this and mm-hmm. uh, reassure them? Absolutely. So again, we're just going to go back to those three R's. The first is regulate. The second is relate. And the third is resolve. So as a parent, you can do much to help regulate your kid's environment. We talked about that a little bit at the beginning of the episode where you have a lot of say in um, your home environment. And so it's up to you to moderate the flow of um, information into your home. It's it's you have a lot of say on what activities you'll be doing and spending time with and engaging with your kids. This is a great time to help your kids regulate by being with them, playing with them, enjoying and learning together. Um, as far as relating, a great a great place to start is to ask your kids what they've heard so far. I love that. I've asked my kids, and it's amazing the misinformation <laughs> that has <laughs> filtered down. Yeah, they're quite sure that half of their school population currently is diagnosed with COVID nineteen, and that it's you know they all kinds of misinformation. So be curious. Ask them what they've heard, and correct them as necessary. Um, and relate with them too. Like ask them what it's like to be out of school suddenly, or what it's like to go to the grocery store and how things look different. Trust me, your kids notice Mm -hmm. and it's going to be distressing for them too. Yeah. 
So um, lean in and be curious about their perspective. And then uh, resolve. Uh, make sure that they have accurate information. And if there's anything specific that you have in mind of what your f- steps your family is taking, make sure you educate your kids and let them know, of course, appropriate to age. Yeah. Um, so they have a sense of what's what's going to be going on in their lives in the next few weeks. And even give them lots of options and choices so they can also feel empowered. Yep. Mm-hmm. So they can That's p- great. pitch in with ideas. That's great. Yeah. Because uh, they might have some creative problem solving <laughs> ideas as well. Yes. So. Yeah, that's great, Amy. That's so helpful. And you know, I, I'm as you were talking about this in terms of helping children feel secure during a crisis, I couldn't help but think of that classic movie, Life is Beautiful, mm-hmm. uh, which is obviously fiction in an extreme situation with a, a father and a son being thrust into a concentration camp context. But just that he turned it into a game and did everything mm-hmm. he could to protect his son from the 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 uncertainty and the horrors, and the, the kid had no idea. And of right. course, at the end of the movie, spoiler alert, you know, thought he yeah. had won the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's just a beautiful reminder that as parents, as adults, it is our job to help our children um, feel safe and protected. And we can do a lot to shield them from some of that that we have to manage. Especially, yeah, especially with, if it's misinformation and right. just noise. We right. Can, we can provide boundaries to help our kids not be as affected by all that. Like 95% of what we're listening to, they don't need to hear. Right. I mean, so much of it is changing day to day Uh and the kids can hardly keep up with it. So we can make our home. This can literally be a really great time to connect with your family. Yeah. And make some memories with your kids. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Last night, in fact, after we had just learned of all the school closures in Utah, uh, we just turned off all the media and just made dinner together as a family mm-hmm. and and just put on a little movie and just all snuggled together. You know, it's those kinds of moments, these kinds of memories of how are we going to hunker down? Mm-hmm. How are we going to spend time? How are we going to connect with each other and and navigate this? And and I'm looking forward to, you know, using this as a time to make good memories and, and work on things and uh, have conversations and, mm-hmm. and draw together both with my my own family, but also with my larger community, um, I think there's going to be a lot of good. In fact, um, last night I was thinking a lot about 9-11 and Mm -hmm. some of the the great memories I had, as much as there was fear and terror, I do remember this silver lining of feeling like we had a a nation, a community coming Mm -hmm. together. The sense of community. Being there for each other and that that kind of post-traumatic growth of like, you know, this isn't going to take us out. Right. And I remembered feeling like, you know, I wasn't close to ground zero. I don't I don't know what that would have been like for, for anyone over there mm-hmm. personally. But I do remember feeling really afraid 2,000 miles away. Yeah. But I also remember feeling like all of a sudden everybody was just more supportive and, and connected and, and united. And I loved that feeling. And I feel that again happening now. Right. Yeah. And I think we can point that out to ourselves and to our children and say, look, this is what good people do in an uncertain crisis. Right. We're pretty resilient. We're pretty hardy, like you said. We do come together. Right. Mm-hmm. Any other parting words, Amy, as we wrap this up in terms of supporting both the vulnerable people that we serve who are dealing with addiction, recovery, trauma, but also just all of us that are trying to navigate this? Any mm-hmm. thoughts? Just my last thought would be if you feel confused and overwhelmed, remember to reach out to your resources. Yeah. If you have a therapist, don't hesitate to reach out. Now's a good time to um, get out your recovery books if you need to uh, consume good information. Yeah. 
and um, yeah, just trust that you're going to be able to get through this. Yeah, that's right. And and this will pass. We know that, but it's okay for it to be hard and overwhelming right now too. Yep. And there's lots of ways to cope and, and get support for that. So, Amy, thank you for joining me today on this uh, on this special podcast and for all of your great insight. You bet. So thank you all for joining us on the Illuminate podcast today. If you have feedback or comments or questions or things that you'd like us to, to cover in the future, please email me at jeff at trustbuildingacademy.com. That's G-E-O-F-F at trustbuildingacademy.com. I'd love to hear from you. And also, you know, drop, us a, drop me a line and let me know what you're doing to, to handle and cope with this. I'd love your ideas. And these might be things we could share to help other people and get support. So let's all work together and, and work through this uh, challenging and uncertain time. And I know we will all be the better for it. So thanks again for listening. I always appreciate your input and your feedback, and I'll catch you guys on the next episode.